I'm Dan Joseph. You're listening to the Dan Joseph's America podcast. The 2024 election cycle is about to go into full swing. It's only 16 days from Iowa. That's insane. It came up really fast. And in Iowa, you have DeSantis way behind Trump. And he's pretty much betting it all on Iowa. If he loses Iowa, he probably drops out. I don't see how anyone could come back from that far behind in 16 days and win Iowa. So I, I don't know. I don't I don't see DeSantis' campaign going much further uh, after Iowa caucuses. Nikki Haley focused on New Hampshire. She's been gaining some steam. And there's one poll putting her 14 points behind Trump, which is a lot. But it is the closest anyone has gotten to Trump yet in any of these primaries. Now, as I mentioned before, I'm not getting involved in these primaries. I'm not going to endorse a candidate. But I don't have much of an issue with either Haley or DeSantis. I just don't. You know, either one of them would be fine in the White House as far as I'm concerned. That said, Nikki Haley had a rough week. <laughs> primarily because, as you've probably seen by now, she was at a town hall and some guy in the audience, you know, just probably a plant of some sort, he asked her what she thought the causes of the Civil War were, which is an odd question, but, you know, it should have been a, 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 a bank shot here. It should have been an easy one. And in her answer, she didn't mention slavery, which, of course, was the cause of the Civil War. Any grade schooler can tell you that. But instead of just giving the guy a one-word answer, slavery, Haley said this, and <laughs> this is a word salad. I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do, end quote. So that makes, that makes no sense any way you slice it. It is not a coherent argument. And it's obvious to me that Haley was trying to specifically navigate away from saying that slavery was the cause. And I've been, I've been watching politicians for a long time, and I can tell when a politician is spinning, and clearly she was trying to spin. And yes, she was caught off guard by the gotcha question, but that's no excuse. So the question really becomes, why? Why did Nikki Haley, who I, I think is pretty smart, choose to answer the question about the causes of the Civil War this way. And, of course, the left jumped all over her. They're still talking about it, called her a racist, you know, the usual stuff. Now, I don't think Haley is a racist, but the fact that Haley answered the question the way she did says a lot about the voters she was trying to appeal to by leaving slavery out of her answer. Now, I will tell you from years of talking to conservatives that the Civil War is a subject that they kind of like to bring up when it's convenient, right? Uh, uh, for example, a frequent comment on the right is, oh, the Democrats started the Civil War because the South was made up of Democrats, Democratic politicians, while the anti-slave states were Republican, as was Lincoln. And, of course, the implication is that this has something to do with the modern Democratic Party, which is which it doesn't, right? There have been a few political realignments since the Civil War, so the parties are totally different than they were back then. And let's be honest about this. And you know me. I'm not somebody who is a race baiter. I'm not somebody who, who likes to cry out about uh, racial issues all the time saying, oh, we're all racist. We're a systemically racist country. We're a terrible country. Republicans are racist. But if you are the kind of person who is likely to be flying a Confederate flag – 
for example, you're very unlikely to be a Democrat or progressive. Yet, yet, conservatives are very sensitive to topics involving race, obviously, because the left uses racism as a cudgel whenever they can. And they have tried successfully in many cases to convince people that the GOP and its voters are all racist. And conservatives take great offense to this, as they should. So when the left starts talking about race issues, which they do constantly, conservatives feel a drive to push back against that narrative. And you see this in the pushback to movements like Black Lives Matter and the pushback to critical race theory. But it also manifests itself in the refusal to admit that America ever had a racism problem. Not because these people think slavery was okay or that segregation was okay. Conservatives, a lot of them are just sick of hearing about race all the time. I'm included in that. So the automatic response by many conservatives is to get defensive anytime the issue is brought up. And this includes the Civil War when it's brought up. And I think the GOP politicians like Haley know this, especially in a place like South Carolina where uh, there's – and the South in general – where there's still somewhat of a residual sympathy to the Confederacy. You know, they don't want to take down those monuments. They talk about heritage. And I think it's done mostly to upset people who have been calling them racist for 50 years, not because of animosity towards blacks in most cases. And it's also, with the Civil War in particular, I think they view it as a symbol of people pushing back against the government, which a lot of conservatives view in a very positive light. They don't like when the government tells you what to do. And for some, a few of the conservatives out there, that includes telling them you need to be part of this country. So Nikki Haley understands this, particularly being from a state that has deep ties to the Confederacy. South Carolina had a Confederate flag on their Capitol grounds uh, until Haley took it down when she was governor. And she knows that there's a segment of the GOP base that doesn't want to hear any more about slavery and who may have some sympathy for the Confederates cause, not because they like slavery or think it should come back, but because it's a, it was an anti-establishment movement, an anti-government movement. So she didn't bring up slavery and she looked really bad and it may actually help her in the primaries. Ironically, since one of the themes of GOP politics today is victimhood, Trump is always a victim. Uh, Christians consider themselves victims. Conservatives are victims of the media. The list goes on and on. But Haley can go up there and say, look, look at how I'm being attacked by the left and the media. They hate me. And therefore, if you vote for me, you are actually voting against them. That has been whole Trump's whole thing from the moment he started his candidacy in 2015. And that that kind of shtick works really well in the Republican Party today. Absolutely. If you can show you that's why why do you think Trump hasn't attacked Haley on this? Right? Because because he knows that she's going to be seen as a victim and Trump is not going to want to pile on there. I, that That's my guess. But but this kind of thing certainly gives a lot of fodder to those who want to paint the entire conservative movement as racist. I fully expect that after this incident, no Republican will hesitate to say slavery right away when asked about the causes of the Civil War, right? I mean, you you live, you learn. So, But here's, here's the bottom line here. 
here's here's why this matters. You really have two extremes on the race issue. You have the left who sees racism, racism everywhere. You have the right, which feels attacked, sometimes rightfully so, when Democrats bring up the race issue. And things like slavery and the 1619 Project and CRT and the myths that have driven Black Lives Matter. We, we, we can't have a, a real conversation about race in this country and the problems facing the black community in particular because the left has completely politicized the subject. But again, uh, 16 days till Iowa, I think Trump is going to win. Both Iowa and New Hampshire will probably sail to the nomination. And, and Biden is basically unopposed. He'll be the Democratic nominee. And it's going to be a crazy year politically. Maybe one of the craziest in our lifetimes. You know, a major party candidate, former president on trial, an aging Biden, an economy that has some serious issues. It's not the race most Americans want. But again, our candidates are selected by the bases of the two parties, many of whom have kind of a warped vision of America, and they tend to be the most rigidly ideological movement conservatives and liberals. And sometimes extreme. They view the other side as an existential threat. Each thinks that the other side is destroying America, destroying democracy. And, you know, I, I sometimes think back to when I was one of those guys, the base guys, one of those movement conservatives. And when Obama came on the scene, I was terrified that he was going to destroy America, that his presidency was the beginning of the end in terms of America's downfall, that, that it was his goal. To do so, I thought all this stuff was true, and I feel ridiculous because Obama really didn't accomplish much in his eight years. Certainly not to the level that he promised when he first came on the scene. Obamacare was his one major accomplishment. Even that was a moderate overhaul of the healthcare system. But he never posed an existential threat. I mean, Republicans showed up, took the House in year three to keep him in check. And I think you can say the same about Biden. I, look, I, this is where I, I differ from many conservatives. I don't think Biden is destroying the nation. I disagree with most of his policies. That's true. But I, I don't think he's – I don't think the entire system is going to collapse because of his leadership. Same with Trump. I don't think Trump's a danger to democracy like the Democrats like to say. What, what do, I mean, what is he going to do? He'll be a lame duck with virtually no agenda if he wins. And, and what are you afraid of Biden doing that's going to destroy the country? I, I, I think it's likely still at this point that, that Biden wins re-election if Trump is the nominee. I'm not making a prediction here. Anything can happen. I think, I think Biden would lose against DeSantis or Nikki Haley, but not, not Trump. And I, I think Biden, also one of the things that he has going for him is I think Biden has reminded us what a normal administration looks like. There's not the same daily chaos in the White House that there was due to Trump's behavior. Biden really isn't particularly controversial either. Yeah, and, and yes, every president is controversial to an extent. And yes, the GOP base thinks that Joe Biden is the destroyer of worlds who belongs in jail. But compared to Clinton, compared to George W. Bush and Obama and Trump, he's pretty boring. And yeah, people disapprove of his job performance. But I think for the most part – they don't hate him personally because what is there really to hate besides policies? I mean, Clinton was a, was a cad, right? George W. Bush had an unpopular war, which was 
a whole different animal than anything else we've seen. Obama was arrogant. He was a cult figure. He could do no wrong in the eyes of the media. Trump was nuts. However, at this point in time, I think that people choose the relative normalcy. And a lot of that depends on Trump's behavior. You know, if he can't shut up about being persecuted in the 2020 election, I think he loses. If he focuses on the economy, he could very well win. But, but the reason he's leading in the polls now is that clearly the people want an alternative to Biden. And they've largely forgotten about the chaos that came along with Trump's administration. People, people have very short memories about politics. But once you start seeing him again every day, saying crazy stuff, doing crazy stuff, I think that attitude will change. And I, you know, man, I used to love election years. I really did. But, but this one, I'm like, God, get it over with, please. This is, uh, I don't think it's going to be fun. I, I think it could be if Nikki Haley or DeSantis were nominated, but Trump versus Biden is just going to be awful. But I will be here three times a week to give you my latest takes on the 2024 race. So be sure to subscribe to the Dan Joseph's America podcast on Apple or Spotify. And please follow my new Facebook page at facebook.com slash Dan Joseph 365. Happy New Year. I'll see you next week. <laughs>